Hello and welcome to Ask a Web Pro. I'm here with Ursula Richards, the owner of Online IQ. We are sitting here in Ursula's office in the beautiful city of Adelaide, Australia. And as usual, we have a virtual audience full of web professionals who may also ask questions during the interview. Now, let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, including how you got started as a web pro. Then I'll go through a series of questions, hopefully uncovering your process. Okay? Okay. So um, I have been in the online space probably for about 20 years, um, starting with on being in online learning when I was a lecturer at TAFE. Um, when I finished that up, I came and became a manager of an online community. And after I left that position, I joined a web development company, but it was very much working from home and working with suppliers that way for someone. Um, so I did that for a while and then I really wanted to go out into my own business because I think I've decided I am pretty much an entrepreneur at heart. Um, I love working for myself. So that's when um, I started Online IQ. And pretty much from the beginning, I started, I think, with a few WordPress sites and then I thought there's got to be a better way. And I discovered what was then called Good Barry, which um, the Australians will know about, which is now Business Catalyst. So, How long ago was that? I think that was around 2008. What drew you to Good Barry? I just loved then and what I love now is the whole all-in-one solution because it provides everything you need for an online business, not just a website. And of course, the fact that I don't have to ever worry about a server in my life. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, just not having to worry about that because basically, particularly as a solo operator and, an, and not a technical person, um, having to think about servers and updates and plugins and all of that was just, it's just not an option for me as your business grows because then you have more and more and more websites and you have to manage that stuff and yeah, no thanks. Yeah, and we were just talking about how Business Catalyst just announced they have 100% uptime. So those are the type of things you don't have to worry about. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, even, and even if there is a downtime, it's not my problem. <laughs> I love that too. Right. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the questions. Um, how do you find your clients? At the moment, pretty much all my clients are word of mouth referrals. Um, or they find me. So I don't really go out and look for clients at the moment. I have clients that find me either through just online or through referral networks. Um, I have had recently a few clients find me that are local clients, so they found me through being local, so I'm not quite sure how they did that online. But I would say... <clears throat> 80% of my clients come through referrals of other clients and in particular, a particular designer that I work very closely with, Alison. Um, I actually, years ago, I think 2009, I reached out using BC's email marketing system. Um, I got my virtual assistant to look up websites um, of graphic designers in Adelaide and Australia to look for graphic designers who appeared to have a few examples of um, websites but not a lot so I thought those designers might be struggling with web development and I approached all of them through um, an email campaign that I did and one of the first people that responded to me was Alison and now she's like 
one of my best friends and I get a huge amount of work from her. That is really brilliant. I just gave her a brief. I said, I'd like you to look up all the, um, you know, do a Google search on web designers in Adelaide. I, I think I started in Adelaide. Have a look at their websites, see if they do web work. If they do web work, have a look if they've got a really extensive portfolio, in which mm. case they probably don't need me. They've got things organized. Or if they've just got a few sites, then they might want someone that actually helps them with that. Yeah. Mm. And so she not only helps you with design, but she refers people yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Because people will come to her at the beginning of a business process when they're doing the logo identity and stuff like that. Um, or she's had long-term clients that then are ready for a rebranded website and she says, oh, you've got to, you know, go with my web girl. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. After someone contacts you, what is your next step? I would either have a phone conversation with them or go out and see them if it was viable just to get a sense of whether they are a good fit for me or not. And I tell them a little bit about what my process is, what I do, you know, I kind of have to direct them, you know, this is what we'll do. We, we look at, um, we do a wireframe and oh, actually we're going into that later, I mean, what my oh, actual okay. process is. But I, um, I explain that to the client. I like to find out as much as I can about their business and what their business goals are. That's the main essence of what I try and find out then to see if, what whether I can help them or not because sometimes if it's a full-on e-commerce solution I'm not particularly interested in that like a huge you know online store or something then I'd refer them to someone else or if they they are set on um, you know someone's told them they have to do WordPress or you know that they should do WordPress I say well I just don't do that so people then have to decide at the beginning um, I don't kind of fluff around with that I say well I use Business Catalyst so if you don't want that I can recommend someone else to you. Okay. So uh, you basically go to that meeting to find out their business goals and to yeah. qualify them. Yeah. What is your information gathering process? Do you have like a, I don't know, like a checklist or something like that? So it, yes, I do have a checklist. Uh, and I, in fact, I've got a checklist that came about as a part of a sample that someone did once and shared their checklist process. And so I've adapted that a lot more. Very nice. Um, and there's also a discovery document, which Dave helped me with. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> so I've kind of, I guess like all of us, we've kind of gathered a whole lot of information and put something together that works for us and, um, you know, follow that. I think I need to be a little bit more diligent following the checklist, but I do have a checklist. <laughs> um, you know, things like the kinds of things that I'm finding that I really need to be clear about from the beginning are some of those technical things like their domain name and do they have access to their details and all of that fiddly bit that kind of can bite you in the bum at the very end when you're trying to go live as well and and making a decision about email how they're going to manage their email and whether they have an existing email or not they're the kind of fiddly things that I'm finding I want to get out the way first and just know that that's taken care of and then I can really focus on the actual you know wireframe design and development. Okay, great. So we have a couple of questions. Uh, how do you determine if they are worth making a trip to see them? Do you find out a bit before making a visit? So you qualify them before you visit? I would, yeah. I'd, I wouldn't just uh, have a visit. 
um, because they'd like to talk to me over a coffee. I think I just have a conversation and see how serious they sound and how big the potential job is, I guess. So if they are just if they are just talking budget the whole time, then I would not really bother, or I'd make them come to me. <laughs> That's a good strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here. You can come to me. You know, they can drive. If it sounds like a good, actually, one of the other sources of referrals I've just remembered is I do presentation. I have been doing presentations and training for businesses for a, a government department here, and. I have been getting a lot of referrals from there. So when I get referrals from there because I'm on their preferred supplier list, I tend to make more of an effort because I want to stay on their good supplier list. Right. So, so um, And I kind of figure that they've been a little bit pre-qualified prior to the referral. So, so I, I tend to make an effort to go and see people then as well. I think you might have answered this one. Uh, Megan asks, uh, what do you do if you don't think they are a good fit? Basically make them drive to you? Make them drive to me. Um, give them an expensive quote. <laughs> um, or give them an alternative and just say, I'm not good at that, whatever they want. I said, I'm not the best person for you. You send them to WordPress? <laughs> That'll show them. Yeah. All right. Jack asks, why do you avoid e-commerce sites? Good question. I think um, Business Catalyst is a great e-commerce solution for a lot of the clients that I do have and if it's a simple e-commerce website I don't mind but anything complicated I, I guess I either I'm not quoting on it properly getting the right clients or, or whatever it is I'm, I just don't enjoy it so that that's why <laughs> um, and as far as complex e-commerce sites I'm just not interested in heaps of product sales I'm more interested in promoting sales uh, sorry, service type businesses. So I, I, I think I've just worked out what I think I'm better at and that's what it is. Yeah, because I've seen some of your work and um, some of them are e-commerce sites, but they're more simple. Yeah, simple. Right? Yeah. 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 Ooh, we have another question. Okay. Uh, if a client wants to retain you as their web person, how do you write the proposal? For example, are you charging by the hour, by the month, number of hours per month, etc.? Um, I have a series of packages that people can subscribe to. So I have either a casual rate, I have a three hourly package and a six hourly package that they can buy. I used to have a nine and ten hourly package as well, but it seemed that they weren't, it, it took ages to use them up. So I'd, you know, I'd get the money and be working like for years after that because that'd be like using little bits of time. I also have what I call a launch assist package, which is a, a more subsidized package for the first, I think, six hours after a site is released so that they get used to paying for support. And, but they have to take up that offer within a month of the site being released. After that, they go back to the normal rates. Okay, that was a good question. Um, so backing up just a little bit, how do you handle the quote? I used to spend absolutely ages working out a quote in, and it would take me, you know, time that wasn't worth it. So now I just pretty much do an estimate. I know approximately what my design costs are going to be, give or take a certain amount, and I know approximately how much development's going to be because that's become fairly standardised for me now. Then I work out how 
difficult or prepared the client is, like how much content they've got. And I think that's the thing that I need to tighten up on a little bit is making that assessment about the client's readiness better because quite often, like the last two referrals I've had through this government agency, um, I've assumed that the clients are much more ready than they actually are because I thought, oh, they'd be, you know, they'd have content ready. And I do ask these the questions. It's not that I haven't asked the questions. But what the clients tell me and what is actually reality in terms of what they think is ready content are two very different things. So um, I'm not sure what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was quotes. And actually, uh, yeah. there's a follow-up question too. Are you using zero for quotes? Um, I don't – actually, I, I don't do quotes using an invoicing software package. I did used to do that, but that used to really confuse people because basically you're just listing out different features which they don't understand what they mean. Um, and again, Dave Hagblad showed me something that he did and I've, I now have almost like a proposal with a quote in the end of it. And what I really liked about it was that it had, um, you know, what it includes and what it doesn't include. What about contracts? Contracts, I have recently started using contracts. Um, which actually are part of that proposal. So the proposal has it, it includes the quote and then they accept that or, you know, if there's a, a modification that needs to happen, then I modify it and then they accept it and then that's the contract. They, it gets signed. Um, what is your payment schedule like? So my payment schedule is 50% to start, then it's 30% when the initial website is released where they've got something to see and that is whether it's 100% completed or not or whether the, all the content's in or not. So it's like once they have something physical to look at that's an interactive site, then um, that's when the second payment becomes due. How do you begin the planning stages? I've started using phase one and phase two terminology with clients because if they haven't had a website before, there is just so much to do. And then I know that the content's going to be a nightmare in terms of getting it all together. So I ask them, what's the minimum viable thing that we can go live with? And then we just, you know, you get your content together. And it's, I say it's very easy to add additional, um, additional pages. So I have a phase one thing. I work out what the navigation structure is going to be first after I've worked out what their business goals are. Then I do a wireframing process and I go through, I create a wireframe and then I do a recording of the wireframe as I work, as I talk through it. So I give that to them so that they can give me feedback on whether I've understood what they want. I explain things like call to action and, you know, what they need to provide for that or for them to have a think about what they actually want their clients to do when they're on the website. And then once that's all signed off, then I... Um, put all of that into Trello for the designer with a design brief and again that goes through a, a series of iterations and then once that's signed off that then goes into development so that's the process. All right do you well, here's a question uh, from the audience do you use content writers or do you uh, or do clients supply final copy? I would love to use content writers but most clients write their own copy. 
Okay, so Jack says, I find images are as big of an issue as yes. text for a site. How do you handle getting great images or video for a website? Ah, video. All right, so great images. Firstly, I say when we're at the very content stage, so sorry, I forgot to say that. What I'm trying to do now is once they've got the wireframe, I tell them that I'm going to come up with a content preparation plan for them, which includes whatever they decide they need or that I need or that I've recommended. So it would always include some words and some images. Um, I'll work out with them what images should come from them. So do they need a Photoshop taken of themselves? Do they need premises? Do they need product shots or something like that? So that's um, images they need to supply. The other thing that I do is I give them a link to a stock library and get them to choose images that perhaps convey what you know, images that they can't get. Or if I sense that um, content's going to take ages to get together, then I might just select some images as placeholders so that the site can go live and say, you know, you can change this at any time you like, but here's the images we're going to start with so that we've got, so that we can just keep progressing it. I'm not sure I answered the whole question. What was the other? Oh, video. So I've got, I have sourced um, someone who is a really good videographer and, I, and, and I'm working with her to help my clients create good videos. So whether they are testimonials or sales videos or whatever, I'm getting her to work with people to come up with videos um, or teach them how to make their own videos if they're going to do lots of how-to shots or, or things like that. Stepping back a little bit, Jason asks, uh, what application do you wireframe in? Balsam IQ. Why that one? What I actually quite like about it is that it's not a very precise looking, it's sort of a little bit right. cartoony looking one. So it means that they're not expecting something neat. You know, they're going, I said, this is my mud map. You know, I could spend hours making it look perfect, but I'm not going to because I'd have to charge you for it. So <laughs> I say, this is the structure. You're not looking at the design. You're looking at the structure. I say, that's why we have designers. It will look good. Don't worry. But I just need to know that I've captured all the elements that you've got. And, you know, having said that, I'm sure people use Balsam IQ and use create beautiful looking um, wireframes, but mine are, you know, they're basic. Yeah. I was talking to a user experience professional and mm -hmm. that's exactly what she was saying too, that um, it's really nice because if you try to make it too precise, you get you go down roads that you don't want to go down yet. Yeah, so. you become too... And actually, you know what I started doing recently is I've actually um, drawn it on a piece of paper first so that I'm not sort of adjusting software all the time. I do it there, I go, okay, that's good enough. Now I'll put it into Balsam and you know it's much quicker that way than trying to move elements around that way yeah how many designs do you offer uh two concepts of the home page and then they choose one and then that gets adapted in yeah. theory yeah, yeah I was about to say, it's as easy as that right <laughs> yes <Yeah>, simple <laughs> do they ever say like okay i like this part of this one and this part of this one can you mash them up or anything like that yep yep and that's all right because they're, then they're providing specific feedback, which is all, all we can ask for. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tracy asks, a little out of order, but um, have you ever fired a client? I've wanted to. <laughs> Does that count? Yeah. 
Okay, um, so, so not so I, much. I actually, but... I can't remember if I have. I might have or might have, yeah. Well, it sounds like in the beginning you do a lot of, um, you make sure that you're working with the right person. So it's probably, mm. probably less likely to happen. Is that right? It is, but I still make mistakes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Oh, I wish I had started that. That, yeah. that, that is a tough one, mm. for sure. Especially if I like the client but don't like the job, which is, you know, sometimes the client's really lovely, but the job's really complicated. So that's a dilemma. Right. Mm. Okay. Um, at what point do you start development? I guess it depends on how urgent the job is and how long it's taken to get to a point where it's ready. But sometimes if it's taken a while, I'll get the homepage development to get started once the design is signed off for the homepage and while the inner pages are being designed because pretty much that's a quick process after that. I think the, the thing that takes the longest time for approval is the homepage design. Once that's settled and because the wireframe's already been approved as far as um, the inner pages go, um, then it's pretty quick after that. So then I'm happy for that to for development on the homepage to start while the other pages are being designed and approved. Um, okay. Do you offer maintenance or support packages? I do. Um, so um, I think I've sort of briefly touched on them before. I do, you know, offer the casual support rate, which is the most expensive, and then there's three hours and six hours and a launch assist package. I guess the other thing I was going to say is that I I also have a, a virtual assistant here in Adelaide and I've she she is a virtual assistant that actually had a business catalyst site which is why I approached her to to do some support so a lot of the basic support she does for me now and that gets managed through Zendesk um, just because I'm getting because you know as your number of sites build the support requests kind of build up as well and she can do some basic supports and she will then put in um, tasks into Trello for my developer in India to deal with so I don't even have to see those requests. Uh, okay, so we have a few questions here. Um, do you rent an office or home-based? Home-based. Home-based, a home-based office that we're in mm -hmm. now. Yes. It's okay, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, let's see. Do you try to retain a specific profit margin on each project you outsource? I have actively started working towards that where I look at not just at the beginning stage what I think is going to happen, but reviewing a project afterwards to see how much money and time I have spent on that. So in answer to your question, no, I have what I think should happen, and then, but I'm not actually recording properly what has happened to be able to, you know, get a really accurate picture of that. That is a tough thing to do. Uh, another one came in from Jason. Uh, do you provide a, do you provide your client with a detailed schedule or a rough timeline, or do you place the burden of scheduling on the client to supply content? They clients always ask me at the beginning, how long is this project going to take? And I always say, well, it depends on you <laughs> right. because my thing moving things along is is fairly you know as soon as I get something I act on it I don't kind of wait on things but I say that to clients that the thing that's most likely going to hold things up is the time that it takes you to think about things and get back to me and that is really 
as far as I'm concerned, that's the biggest delay that projects has have is client feedback and getting back or or some of them is a lot of they might get back to me really quickly, but they might want a lot of ongoing changes. So that's that's the, the delays. It's not generally my end. Do you offer any other add-ons? Um, so what I'm try, trying to do now is educate clients about what next after they've got their website. One of the most common things is, so I have an email series that clients get after the site is launched, which kind of leads them into add-ons and tools and the kinds of things they could be doing, which includes email marketing. That's one of the main ones. Um and so then I offered to create an email template for them and some training about doing email marketing. So that's one of the add-ons. The other is to do with um, Google and SEO, and I've got some good suppliers there as well. But again, I would outsource that because I just don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, this is my, my last question, at least for now, um, and then we'll get into some of the more questions that, that are, the audience has. Uh, what do you wish you knew when you first started? Hmm. I think I think the main thing is working out pro- good processes. So having a really clear process. I think one of the biggest mistakes I made at the beginning was sticking with a supplier and this was an Indian supplier that wasn't reliable enough um, and now I'm really happy with the term that I'm using but I I think I pers- it's I think it's any business owner that's been around or had employees or whatever they'll, they'll say um, you know getting rid of people that shouldn't be there you know that's a really hard decision because you develop a relationship and you keep hoping it's going to get better but it's like staying in a bad relationship um so i i changed that about two years ago and and have invested in training up my new team and that's been really really good so knowing when to stop using someone i think because that's really stressful yeah, it's hard to do, especially when you first start, I think, mm. because you don't know if that's normal or not. That's right. And you've invested time and money in training them. And also, especially if they keep saying, yes, I, you know, yes, I know, um, I know, and I'll be better next time, but then they're just not, <laughs> you right. know, and yeah. Yeah. Adam says, especially if you care about them, which yeah. I've heard a lot of yeah. people say that too. Yeah. Or they they could be like a family member or just a good friend of theirs yeah. or something like that. It's always tough to to fire someone you care about. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's not that I didn't like didn't like him. I did like him, but I had to just go. It's just not working for me anymore. Yeah, and that was a really good decision in the end. All right. Well, thank you, Ursh, for showing us your world and My pleasure. Yeah. Um, I think uh, other people hearing what other partners are going through is really helpful. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you for that. Where can people get a hold of you besides BC Sandpile? Um, onlineiq.biz or ish at onlineiq.biz. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>